Uh, I think we did it. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another 3D Hangouts. My name is Noah Rose. I'm a designer here at Adafruit, and joining me every week is Circuit Python Pedro. What's going on, everybody? I'm Pedro Rose, Creative Tech here at Adafruit, and every week we come to share 3D printing projects featuring electronics from Adafruit. That's right. This is a show where we combine 3D printing, DIY electronics, smash them together to make inspirational projects. Yeah. So let's start off with the show. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us. We are live streaming on all the channels and networks. Let's start off the show with this week's coupon code. It is Shake It Off. So if you want to order anything in the shop, please use Shake It Off uh, as the coupon code and get you 10% off your order. Speaking of cool, sweet deals, we still have a lot of freebies going on. So if you go to adafruit.com free, you can see all the different tiers and offerings that we have. Um, Circuit Playground Express is back. So we are giving those out for orders that are, I believe, uh, 189 or more, but double check the website to, uh, to get all the details on that. We also have same day delivery in New York City. So if you're in New York and you need some electronics like right away, you can use the same day delivery option. Circuit Python meetings happen every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern time. It gets published on the YouTube channel and it's uh, recorded live uh, on the Discord server. So adafruit.gg slash adafruit is uh, is the, the, the invite link for uh, joining the Discord chat room, which we'll be hanging out there for the rest of the day. Uh, Adafruitdaily.com is newsletters. If you want to get a daily kind of newsletter of uh, news and things in the community, you can go to adafruitdaily.com and subscribe to the available categories that are there. New, new news, newsletters. Um, we have a product focus one. This one happens once a week. Adafruit.com slash newsletter for that one. Hanging out in the Discord chat room, we are there. I just put a little GIF there of, uh, of this week's project, which looks pretty funny. Um, this week's project is a Cricut-powered um, lab shaker. Lab shakers are those uh, equipments meant for like mixing chemicals and other things like that. Uh, so we put one together um, to help agitate our parts that use PVA support material. Uh, this was sort of an idea that Lamar had. It's like, hey, you know, I see these DIY lab shakers. Would it make sense to use this for your guys' 3D printing? Um, we we're like, you know what? For dissolving P P uh, PVA, that might actually be useful. Um, so we put one together using the Adafruit Cricut, Circuit Playground Express. We've been working on it for a little bit, and this is uh, what we put together. So we have a guide that launched uh, earlier last night. Um, so this is the full assembly, programming, all the stuff that goes into the project. Um, so it's all nicely uh, documented here. Uh, so the home page kind of covers all the parts that are used in the project. Again, it's just a, a Adafruit Cricut. You got the Circuit Playground Express and a DC motor. And there are some other things that you need to power it. We're using one of the wall adapters, the power supply. It's a five volt, two amp power supply. Nice and handy to have as it's going to be running for at least over an hour. So you don't want to use a battery. Definitely want to have it plugged into the wall. We also have some other things like the potentiometer. This lets you control the motor speed. It also has a built-in on-off switch, so you can turn it on and off by cranking it up or turning it down. That's nice. Um, this, uh, this panel-mounted USB cable uh, breaks out the USB cable. Since the Cricut is inside the case, we want to be able to access the programming, so we use this uh, panel mount uh, USB cable to panel mount it out. There are some hardware that you're going to need uh, to put this together if you so do so. Um, there are some ball bearings. Uh, and some machine screws, some hex nuts. They're all listed here in, uh, in this nice little parts list, so you can get those. There are also some little add-on, little, little accessories, like the, the machine knob that's made out of aluminum. I actually got that one from SparkFun. Uh, we carry some knobs, but I really like the one that SparkFun has, um, so I linked to that one. 
tools. Um, got a nice assortment of tools that uh, I linked here that help make the project really uh, easy to build. So I got my screw taps, third helping hands, and soldering irons, all that sort of stuff are all there. Also, the PVA filament, in case people are wondering what PVA did we actually use. This is actually from Ultimaker's PVA. How's my sound, is it okay? Mm -hmm. All right, cool. So that's the introduction. Why would you need this thing? Again, it's for agitating PVA parts. Maybe you wanna, um, maybe you're printing resin parts and you need to cure them in alcohol. Maybe, um, I, that's actually the only example I have. I don't have any other examples. Um, why would you need to shake something ferociously? For lab printing? work. <coughs> yeah, that's lab work. I'm talking like specifically post-processing. Um, what else? Oh, you could have like would you, screws would in there screws? to do the copper or the brass. And well, you the can metals, get a tumbler. Uh, the tumbler is better for that. You can it's visualize kind of it like there. A tumbler. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, if anybody has any cool ideas uh, and use cases for it, let me know. This is all we can come up with. <laughs> all right. So the let's talk about the circuit diagram since we looked at all the parts and sort of the, the gist of the project. Let's go into the circuit diagram. <laughs> yes, mixing drinks, making hot cocoa. Oh, I, I cleaning jewelry. That. There you go. There you go. You can make some cheaper option than one of those. Uh, what are they called? The stirs, the magnetic stirs. No, the jewelry cleaners. Oh, okay. The ultrasonic. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk more about that. So for the circuit diagram, um, there's only what is it? Three, four components that are actually wired. What's really cool about the uh, the Cricut is that it has screw block terminals, um, so everything just kind of plugs into it, and you just kind of tighten it with a little screw. So that's nice. Um, the potentiometer uses the signal I/O header block, so it's like a female header block, and you just kind of plug in jumper wires into it. The only thing that needed some real wiring and some real soldering was the DC power jack and the DC um, plug. So those things, uh, because we're using an on and off switch, we actually had to wire the on and off switch from the potentiometer in line with the voltage wire of the DC barrel jack and the DC plug. So all that's listed here, all the wire connections are, are uh, uh, broken out, written out here. Um, in nice text format, and you get a nice little image here. If anybody's wondering, we use Fritzing. It's a free open source software, and we have a library for Fritzing parts. So if you want to put together a circuit diagram, you can do so. <coughs> um, I need to put a link <laughs> to, to the parts. If you just search for Adafruit uh, Fritzing parts, you will find it. So that's the circuit diagram. On to the 3D printing. So the um, 3D printed parts, they're up on GitHub and Thingiverse and all the other sites. Um, there are quite a few bit of parts, so I broke them out in uh, descriptions and titles. They're all titled and the descri descriptive, so you know where, what goes where. Uh, the next part is the CAD assembly itself. I put together a little CAD animation that explodes all the parts and kind of gives you a visual uh, reference to see how all the screws fit together and how all the parts are pretty tight in there. Um, it was really important to kind of model all the parts into this project because uh, you really need to see all the parts, if they fit, if there's any um, intersections and stuff. So uh, uh, I definitely recommend doing that if you have the time to do so. It's a little bit more time consuming, but uh, it's definitely worth it to kind of see this and catch mistakes before you're printing out a whole bunch of iterations. Uh, another thing I did here that's kind of different is I, I actually wrote out the dimensions and the build volume. So if people are wondering, well, will this fit on my printer? You don't have to download STL and take a look at it. I have it written here. So uh, the box and all the parts should fit on a 120 cubed printer, maybe even a little bit less. Um, the tray is 118, the numbers are there. The container we're using for this project is an eight ounce container. 
Um, that's just what I had on hand. Um, but you can, you can create or design or remix a new container holder uh, as the tray is just meant to kind of support and catch any liquid that might spill over. So that's why the tray is a little bit bigger than the container holder. So all the design source files, they're up on GitHub. I have a link there. Also the step files and STLs, so you can remix it. Um, I like using, I like sharing the Fusion 360 source file um, because it contains the timeline, the sketches, that stuff. You don't get any of that stuff with the STL or even the step file. Mm -hmm. um, and the animation too is all kind of packed in there. So it's a nice, um, nice uh, project file. So uh, one of the parts uh, to make this project work is the motion links. And the motion links are, they have some overhang geometry. So uh, what I did here was instead of uh, printing with regular PLA supports, um, I really wanted to give uh, the breakaway material a shot. So breakaway material is this uh, special kind of blend of, I want to say nylon or maybe it's copolyester, um, but it's from Multimaker. They make it and it's designed to specifically be printed as support material. So the thing with this is that it creates some really, really nice uh, kind of surface finishes. So typically when you print with PLA support material, um, it tends to have kind of a rough and coarse surface. So with breakaway material, you get this really, really nice surface finish. So here's one of the motion links. This is dual extruded, right? So uh, the, it's PLA, the black is PLA, and the white is the breakaway, again, from Ultimaker. So this was printed on Ultimaker 3, um, and you, you use the, the, the same print core. So there's no special print core necessary for printing breakaway supports. The first time we actually showed this on the show, uh, was a couple weeks ago, we printed a Lego adapted light switch panel and that had like a whole, a whole overhang geometry. So mm -hmm. it's a really big part, right? With a bunch of overhang. And it came out amazing where the bottom looks better than the top. And that's just like crazy. So what Pedro's gonna do is he's gonna um, break it off. You actually, you could do it with your bare hands. You wanna try to break this off with your bare hands? Yeah, let's see. Um, so here's some, I just snapped right off. <laughs> Now, let me do some focusing so you can look um, right up at it. We're going to do a little bit of close-up here. Right about there. You can get, that is the bottom part that's printed as an overhang. It's just amazing quality detail you get out of this, this thing. It looks like the top. Yeah, it looks like the top. Um, so you get really, really clean parts. And in the, in the, the supports, it's kind of, uh, you know, it kind of just breaks away in chunks. Um, for this one, though, you have to kind of get in there and dig in there, but as you break it out, you'll see that there's a support interface. With that support interface, that's basically like 100% of filling that in. And look at that, that is amazing. This is where the ball bearings actually are snap fitted into. So you kind of have to have really nice and clean geometry. And the only way I was able to get this was with breakaway supports. Now, we could have used PL PVA supports, but PVA is more for intricate designs that you actually cannot get to the supports. With this one, it's an open frame, so you can totally get in there and, and rough it up a little bit. Um, so that's why we use breakaway support. So definitely a, a, a really great, um, I feel free to be able to like design this, because if I, if I yeah. designed this with no supports, it'd have to be a two-part thing where you snap, where you uh, glue them together. You'd have to have two <coughs> flat surfaces and glue those together. Yeah. And then you run into your tolerances changing because of the overhangs. <laughs> yes, that is exactly <laughs> true. Busting out my part just to show that next week's project also oh, heavily wow. uses Look at that. breakaway supports. Huge fans of breakaway. of the way the standoffs are for this, I just can't print this, you know, Whichever way I go, there's going to be a standoff. Get a little bit closer. There you go. I think it's in the way. 
Yeah, so you can see that support interface is what's really keeping um, the, P the PLA in place. So it gives you that nice yeah. flat dimension that you need. What I'm pointing to here is the fine detail that you're able to get out of just the 0.4 millimeter nozzle. Yeah. Um, and it adds supports on the inside so, of your so these standoffs. Are, these are standoffs, yeah. yeah. So that's like an M3 hole, and that's pretty much yep. the smallest thing you can make. That is so cool. Yeah. So you might be asking, so what are the slice settings? for your breakaway supports. I have all that I'm setup. glad you asked. Well, actually, it's very easy. Whatever the default <laughs> stuff that Ultimaker put on there yeah. is what I ended up using. Me too. I also have it broken out. I took a screenshot of, the, of it just to show the infill density. I did change that, but other than that, you know, there wasn't much else to, to mess with. Oh my God, how tiny the support is for yeah, the inside of the standoff. It's ridiculously small. Whoa, what was that? Uh, <laughs> it was definitely glass. Oh. Yeah. What was it though? <laughs> was it the light bulb? I don't know. <laughs> it's literally behind the computer I know. where all the cables and stuff are. <laughs> so let's go look at the learning Great job, guide Randy. and uh, <laughs> talk about the, the actual break support, breakaway support. This isn't what we meant, honey. Not breakaway. Oh, breakaway. <laughs> break something. Uh, breakaway. <laughs> So, um, sorry for the mess my wife has now made. Oh, come on, Gosh. it's not her fault. <laughs> it's a focus. Imagination uh, to form says, don't worry, it's just gravity working. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's a good way to look at it. So, this breakaway support stuff, it has a built-in profile um, that's a part of Cura. We're using Cura 3.4X. And again, the default the stuff one. works excellent. There's nothing it does. you need to change. There is. I would, I would drop the infill. I would drop it to 20. I didn't yeah, need 50. That. For whatever reason, it's, it's really high. I like high. the triangular infill that it's using as a, yeah. uh, as a default. Yeah. Also, you'll notice that the, the interface is like concentric. So I guess that, that works <laughs> Yeah, You can either well. leave that on or turn it off, but it does, as you've seen, create a very beautiful uh, overhang on the bottom. Yeah. I'd like to see other uh, printers, mm -hmm. uh, dual-head extruders, take a stab at breakaway mm -hmm. and see how that works. Maybe yeah. to see the Sigma at work or one of the Taz's more extruders. That'd mm -hmm. be cool. So uh, that's the only, the motion link, that's just, you, you need to print two of those. Um, and then the drive hub, those are the only three parts that need support material. Other than that, everything else prints without supports and they're oriented uh, to print as is. So they're already flat on the bed for you. So it's nice. Um, we do have the Ultimaker 3s in stock. We are um, distributors of them, one of our favorite printers. Mm -hmm. Use it a lot, a lot of great uh, material combinations that you can do and oh, the yeah. print cores are just solid, man. They just work really well. Um, so. Shout out to the Ultimaker team. We also have a, a link here to 3D Hubs and Make XYZ. So if you want to have somebody 3D print it for you and ship you the parts, check out uh, some really cool 3D Hubs like Kirby. He's got a nice hub. And uh, you can check out Make XYZ as an alternative. Or you can just hit the order buy button on Thingiverse. I think there's a buy button somewhere there. Um, and you can order it. There, it works with 3D Hubs. Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. All right, let's work into the software. So for the software, this is really cool, and this is actually a two-parter thing. This runs in, this can run in both MakeCode for Microsoft and CircuitPython for Adafruit. So we got both options for you. For me, though, I broke out and explained how to set up uh, MakeCode because I, I understand it and I like it. So for MakeCode, um, we have the Cricut extension that allows you to uh, control the motors and all the peripherals and I.O. from the Cricut, so you just install that. Um, so what's cool about this one is that it's a really, really simple uh, program. All it's doing is it's telling the motor 
it's, a, it's assigning um, the values from the potentiometer to the speed of the motor. So that's pretty cool. So to do that with MakeCode, um, in your forever loop, all you need to do is, uh, is drag one of the run motor blocks, assign it to whatever channel. In this case, I'm using channel one. And then what you want to do is you want to grab one of the map blocks from uh, the, the math category, the purple blocks. And then there's one called map. So mapping is what takes um, two sets of values, two sets of, <laughs> two sets of two values, and maps them. So in this case, we want to take the values from the potentiometer. Potentiometer is analog. The top value that it can produce is 1023. So that's our high. Our lowest is zero. Then the next, the next set of values is what you're mapping to. So in this case, we're mapping the motor speed. Motor can only go from zero to 100. So we're mapping um, the second part, low, uh, zero, and the high is 100%. So with that, you, you're basically mapping uh, the values from the potentiometer to the <coughs> motor. Don't forget, you need to uh, write what you're actually uh, pulling from. You're actually pulling from the analog read signal, uh, which is a part of the signal I.O. section on the Cricut, and that is in the Cricut extension, make code block. So that's under the, uh, the signal I.O. Um, code block. So you can assign whatever channel, in this case we're using channel one, and that's what the potentiometer is, is uh, plugged into, is the, is the channel one signal I.O. So that's how we're doing it. Pretty well. Uh, we also have a note here on if you want to kind of um, change the, min the minimum value from zero to 25, just in case you want the motor to kind of start up actually doing something instead of at zero. Another thing we did was, uh, well, this is Lamar. So shout out to Lamar. She put together the code for um, the circuit Python edition of this project. Um, so we got a nice link for uh, how to set up the special build firmware for the Cricut in Circuit Playground Express. Just a simple uh, drag and drop of the UF2 file. So we have that. And then we also have uh, a nice link to the Moo editor. So if you are new to Python and you're looking for a, something better than text edit, you can use uh, uh, the Moo editor from uh, Nick Toll. And, and team. So it's a nice uh, IDE for uh, kind of beginner Python coders. So here's the code for Python. It's just embedded in here. We're setting up the seesaw. We're setting up our potentiometer to be on signal one. And then we're setting up the motor to be on channel one as well. In our loop, we have a little bit of a log helper here where we're getting some, some readouts of the pot. We can see that it's actually connected. And then we are assigning uh, the motor to, uh, to map uh, the potentiometer. So that's how it's done. Very simple uh, line of codes. And um, once you see it, it just makes sense. That's pretty cool. So those are all the, um, that's the whole software page. That's um, cool that we have, that we're, we're, pro we're trying to do this more where we have both uh, CircuitPython and um, MakeCode. So that works out really well, I think. Yay. So after the software page, once you have it up and running and your crickets, you know, cricketing, um, then it comes down to the assembly. So we break down all the steps for wiring up all the components, really trying to stay modular so that uh, when we're panel mounting things, we don't have to like panel mount it and then solder the wire to the thing that's been panel mounted within, you know, while it's in the case. So this is cool because you can just wire everything up and then stick it in the case later. I like that. So the way to do that, you really need to use um, plug and play connectors. So in this case, we're using a lot of jumper wires. Wire lengths and all that is all listed here as well, so that, that's really nice and handy. Because um, it is pretty tight in the box, so you want to make sure your wires are, are um, nice and lengthy or short, shortened. Um, so yeah, using um, male headers and kind of hacking them into this 
Pretty cool. So I'm actually using a right angle DC plug here just to kind of save space. So you kind of do need one of these. We don't stock these, but you can get like a pack 20 of them from Amazon for like two bucks or whatever. Um, so that's cool. I uh, soldered some of these male uh, jumper wires to the wires so that I can plug them directly into uh, female jumper uh, connectors. Which is going to start being the theme, it's the theme with yeah, all yeah. of the jumper wire converter so jumper type wires. adapter cables that we have. Yeah, more JSTs and stuff too. Uh, wiring up the potentiometer. <laughs> wiring up the potentiometer. Same thing. Uh, female uh, to male jumper wires. We have a nice pack of these uh, extension wires. They're like nice and short, and there's a bunch of different colors. You can get a pack of these for like four bucks, uh, and there's all sorts of different colors. But they're really nice premium wires. I used uh, a set, four of them here. Three of them for the uh, the ground, the voltage, and signal. And then um, the on-off switch gets one extra one here, so I have a, a, a fourth one there. Uh, yep, so I walked through wiring up the potentiometer. Um, I thought it was interesting that um, female jumper wires don't really plug into the little terminal leads on the potentiometer. You actually have to thicken them up a little bit. So I tin them, and they seem to hold on pretty good. I can still pull them out. They're not soldered. Uh, it's just tinned, so I can pull out those things if I need to. Don't need to, but uh, it's nice that you can. Um, and then wiring up the, this uh, single extension jumper wire to the two terminals that, that do the on-off switch. It kind of looks like a little octopus. It's all like, hey, what's up? <laughs> wiring up the DC jack. Um, again, more jumper wires. This time the female type, because we are wiring uh, in line the, uh, the, the on-off switch. When it comes to assembly, um, it's just putting all these things together. So uh, and it's sort of following the order of the assembly, you want to do it in this order so that uh, you're not having to pull it, you know, take it apart, just plug in a cable. So that's why I have it ordered in this way. So you kind of mount, you kind of secure the board with the machine screws, and then you start installing everything into the frame. The way I designed the enclosure is that it's a three-piece kind of dealy. So you have a top and a bottom cover, and you have this like frame. So you're just printing a frame instead of it being attached. Uh, directly to the bottom or the top cover. I like doing that because then you can you can get access from the top or the bottom, so it's kind of a neat thing. Snap fits, of course, so um, it locks and shuts when you close it. Um, so everything gets mounted. Uh, panel mounted is the is the potentiometer and the uh, the DC jack. Those ha those come with their own hardware screws, so those just you reuse those. Um, let's see what else. Uh, the USB cable comes with two screws. They're like these long M3 screws. You just drive them in through the case and into the little tabs, the little mounting tabs that it comes with. So that works. Uh, bah, 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 bah. I'm just running through it. It's pretty thorough. Uh, there's a lot of uh, little nuances and things of routing wires, but for the most part, it's all it's all listed here. Yeah, and then after that, plugging everything is is really nice and easy. So plugging in the, the jumpers from the pot and then connect the micro USB. It really is plug and play there. Definitely want to tidy up the wires. I kind of walked through a little bit of doing that, but uh, um, I was happy that I didn't have to kind of cut and shorten any of the wires, uh, mainly like the USB cable, because that's typically what happens. Like the panel mount cable is too long. You have to cut it in half. This time I didn't have to. I just coiled it around and kind of tucked it in between um, the edge of the case. As far as the final assembly goes, it's more about kind of creating the mechanism for the rotating, the rotating platform. Um, it's mounted to the top of the case, and it's like this little, uh, this little triangle bit. It's, I call it the cover plate that has two little nubs. And that's where the ball bearings snap into, and then the third uh, little hole on the corner is actually for 
for the for the motor hub. So the mo the shaft of the motor pops out of that. So the motor itself is attached to the cover with these long machine screws, and uh, da, 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 and then the shaft of the motor kind of protrudes from that hole in the corner there of the triangle. So um, the thing there is, uh, once you have that installed and snap the case, uh, you can fit the drive hub over. Uh, over the the, sh the shaft of the motor, so that just plugs in. No glue, it's just press fits. Same thing with the uh, the ball bearings. To create the platform, it's kind of these three pieces that kind of get sandwiched together. You have the tray, you have the actual uh, platform, and then you have uh, the holder. The holders will actually, you know, holds. The, you don't want the the container to fly yeah. off of the tray, so that's why I designed a custom fitted um, jar holder, container yeah. holder. John K was actually asking, how do you actually hold the jar on? Yeah, that's exactly. How you do it. You would have to get this part right here. Yeah. Over the overhead. Yeah. Just custom uh, part of that. Yeah, I was looking. Hold on to that. So, so yeah, I do list the diameter of the screws in. Yeah, of this guy. So this is 73 diameter. Uh, let's see, 73 millimeters to inches. That is 2.8 inches in diameter. Um, so hopefully that's like a standard. I don't know. Where did you guys buy this? Was it from this was at Michael's. It was, was just Michael's? a, I think like a container box. Yeah. Somewhere in the kids section. Yeah, and if anybody wants, I could probably design a custom one. Just give me the dimension, I'll I'll make it. it should be pretty pretty easy. But it has a it just has a, a nice kind of hold to it. It's mm -hmm. not glued in there. It comes off easily. It snaps in there. I put these little notches in there so that I would be able to get my fingers down yeah. there if it was too tight of a fit. But no, it worked out pretty well. Um, so dialing in the speed just when it starts moving is probably right. Because if you go too fast, the thing starts it's wobbling. Kind of, yeah. There's too much weight on it. Um, and this is how it sounds, it's not too loud. It's kind of like ambient noise in the background. It's actually full throttle. Okay. But there's no water in it yet. I didn't put any water in it. Um, so that's it. Um, yeah, this is the uh, 2.1 barrel jack, the 5 volt, 2 amp power supply. Um, so putting together that, these ball bearings are definitely really nice. Shout out to Greg Zumwalt for um, bringing that to our attention. We didn't know about these ball mm -hmm. bearings, but they're really nice. These. Super thin. Um, they have a big inner diameter and a small outer diameter. Which is really good thin. for parts since you can actually print a nice big old fat standoff that won't break off. Yeah, it'll hold support, yeah. That's really nice, I like those. The, you can get a pack of 10 of them on Amazon, so check those out. Um, yeah, I have them listed there. So they, yeah, they just pop in into those uh, into little caps of the, of the tray, of the bearing tray. And then you can uh, snap on the motion links onto the, uh, onto the bearings there. So you need a you need a total of five bearings because you're having like you have to double up on those motion links. Um, after that, you can you can install the platform by just press fitting the bearings onto the the motion links, and they just uh, snap in there. You gotta make sure that they're all oriented in the same way, otherwise they won't match. So once they once they're all uh, snapped in, um, one link will control all of them, and they'll all just kind of rotate. So that's how the mechanism works. That's the final assembly. So the last page uh, is the last page I worked on. Is uh, talks about the usage, right? So well, how do we do the test? What are some notes um, on um, how to how to use this thing? So that's what we did here. We got nice photos of the parts. Um, yeah. When it comes to printing the actual part and what the part is that we printed in this project, it's actually called the Hilbert Cube. It's on Thingiverse. It's right here. This was actually by Tony Boozer on Thingiverse. And he put this together in, uh, with a pro, uh, processing a Python script. So he wrote this with code. 
Um, but uh, there's a wiki page on the Hilbert cube. It's a math equation. And um, you, can, you can definitely support and donate <laughs> to Wikipedia. Um, yeah, so Hilbert, David Hilbert um, came up with this. And uh, there's a lot of info on that. So if you want to know more about the Hilbert cube, um, you can check that out. But uh, for this one, it looks like this was printed like on a thingomatic way back in like 2011. Um, so looks this like was, one to me. Yeah, so like dual extrusion wow. um, tests back in 2012. Really cool. So the models, uh, for you to download, there's different types of models. There's a really smooth one and more of a uh, kind of a blocky one. What's funny about this is that um, Tony actually uh, has custom support material designed to fit with this because back in the day, slicers weren't smart enough to generate their own <laughs> support mm -hmm. material, so you had to create your own support material. Um, but nowadays, you can uh, your your Cura slicers and Simplify 3Ds, uh, they create really good support material for you, so you don't have to you don't have to create your own. So that's the Hilbert cube. I'll post a make on it a little bit later. And if you're looking for more, oh wait wait, not done yet. So the Hilbert slicing it. Here's how we sliced it. I took a screenshot of all of the slice settings. There are quite a few, but uh, these are the main ones. So I kind of laid them out. Because uh, if you so look these at were actually grabbed from the PVA Learn Guide. Yes. So yeah. So we got this. This is specifically the one. And then if you are looking at our D20 guide, this one talks more about calibrating the nozzles and kind of walking through the process the of setting up the Ultimaker Three with the mm -hmm. with the PVA nozzle, the, P, the BB uh, nozzle. Mm -hmm. Pretty straightforward. But uh, all the Just details. Just a couple of uh, settings that they actually might roll into like default settings, hopefully in the future. So this might be uh, outdated. Yeah. Maybe. Hopefully, this is one of the ones where I hope it becomes outdated and they just add roll those changes sure, into yeah. that. Yeah. All we're doing is. Uh, Increasing the standby temperature, increasing the, thickner, the thickness of the prime tower. You do want to use a prime tower, or at least in our test, mm -hmm. prime tower is really a little work. bit more of priming too. When after you're switching uh, between the uh, the yeah. nozzles, yeah, the default's like one millimeter. This is two millimeter thick. Also, the tower size is increased to twenty millimeters. Yeah. All those little details go and, and kind of showcase. Um, earlier, we were showing our PVA prints, and uh, one of them looked a little under-extruded, and I think that's the one where I didn't use your settings, just kind of default settings. So you kind of see that. One. Uh, here we go. So here's the PVA. It's easy. I mean, it's going to look like that. It's not going to look solid and beautiful, because it's the way PVA is. You're printing with glue. <laughs> So don't expect like super clean geometry from your PVA. This I printed this I want to say like two weeks ago and it's just been sitting there. So uh, I guess there's no uh, it doesn't like dry out or anything once it's been printed. But these are this is the one that's printed with uh, not bigger, thicker, stronger prime tower, and this one is with the bigger, thicker prime tower. And you can tell because it looks like it just filled it's filled in more. Plus it has more infill as well. But uh, both fine prints. They take about four, three to four hours to print um, because you know it's got to cool down and um, print each layer and switch the nozzle. So those are the parts. Um, this is what it looks like once it's been uh, cleaned up. Really, really awesome geometry. You can see there's a little bit of holes here and there, and that's just from the contamination. Um, you know, not everywhere, but hey, it looks pretty well. This is using um, Filamentum's Galaxy Vertigo Galaxy PLA. You got a little bit of flex of this here because of the way the, the pipes are. So you get a little bit of flex of that. Look, there's a little bit left there, actually. Hmm, it's just been an earlier one. I should let it soak a little bit longer. 
There's another one. Do you have a smooth one? Yeah, here's the smooth one. It's all the, it's like completely filleted, so there's fillets everywhere. Yeah, it's a little bit more, less flexible. I don't know. So those pretty are the prints. Cool. Yeah, pretty cool. All right, so if you guys want to make your own, you can use the Cricut. It's a good option. There are some other DIY overdoor shakers out there. Those are really nice ones. Um, this is one that uses the Cricut. And a lot simpler, I think, in terms of uh, sort of the part assembly. design. Yeah, the assembly. Nice and thorough, too. Yeah, and of course, thorough edible guides. designs. Yeah, totally. Hope you guys like it. And um, I'd like to see, uh, I don't know, people use it for other things I never thought would, like making cocoa. That was a good one. <laughs> so you want to pick up the Cricut. We're gonna have to go somewhere else because we don't have any stock. But our friends at DigiKey has a good um, shipment in, so you can get those ship immediately. We do have the Circuit Playground Express. That one's in stock. So if you are out of your Circuit Playground Expresses and you need more, they're in stock. So you can check them out. Coupon code, shake it off. Sweet. All right, let's go ahead and jump into this week's. What are we prototyping? Yeah. I'm looking for this one. Go. Cool. All right. So. so last week I showed off my current work on the saw blade. Which camera do you want? One of these. Face? Want the face one? Not going to focus too much time on all the cool little greeblies that I got on there <laughs> or the lights that we have working. Let me turn that on real quick. That's all cool. It's all working. Got all the LEDs in there. It's all nicely diffused. Added all of the buttons for controlling all of the different functions, like turning on the motor, changing the animations. Uh, got the UV um, reactant filament on there. So that lights up all nice with the UV Yay. LEDs on the inside. Today we're gonna take a close look at the, the handle that I got going on here. So Yay. all NinjaFlex um, prints in different pieces. So we have a 7 eighths inch dowel on the inside. Yeah, it's a nice wood dowel. Nice grippy. So unlike the previous sword, you can have both hands on there. Have a nice amount of room on there. So when you're swinging this guy around. Check it out. Cameras. Bam. Oh, you like I thought you were switching cameras. No, I was switching text, man. Okay. It takes like five minutes <laughs> to switch text. And the cool thing on about this one here, if I switch on the diffused uh, it's a great method of getting little bits of light without a lot of intense wiring. Mm -hmm. so this is our little breakout board that has uh, the, the 12, 20, 2012. 2012 coin cell battery. Well, I was deep. My... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you just add this <coughs> on here like that. Really cool. Yeah. So NinjaFlex is like a sleeve. It's not the whole, it's just like a sleeve that yeah, slips Yeah, it just adds the textures the, on there, yeah. like the, um, the stitching uh, pattern that's on there. So I will paint this in, like that yellow color that oh, they okay. have on there. I like the brown. This is a gold uh, NinjaFlex. Yeah. So in about one more week, I will have all this finished. I'm about to shoot all the assembly for this. And yeah, turned out really great. Yeah. We'll show it off with the about UV three lights. three feet tall. Yeah, and it looks crazy yeah. amazing with cool. all the UV reactant. Uh, filament that we replaced on there. Yeah. So pretty cool. Like three different types of NeoPixel strips in there. We mm -hmm. got the UV ones. I really like this uh, uh, side the Galaxy um, gold flakes for the PVA. Yeah. Really cool. That. And it's nice and shiny. Yeah. Take a look at all the different um, techniques that we use to build this. All cool stuff going on in there. Tons of like little design um, features that uh, make this work out really good. Yeah, so we'll take a details. look at it in about a week or two. Sweet. Pretty cool. Excellent. All right, so we went to layer by layer. Yay, I finally did another layer by layer. Uh, so was it Friday? I think it was Friday. 
Friday, I put together a little Laravel layer on how I export stuff out of Fusion 360 because it's a little bit tricky. So I walked through how to do that. If you're using linked components, uh, you have to kind of break your links and um, sometimes a projected geometry might break. So I walked through fixing those errors and um, more, more so uh, promoting the GitHub page that we have that has all our CAD uh, drawings for the Adafruit boards and various components. So check that out if you haven't seen it. If you like Laravel layers and you like Fusion, Fusion 360, it's a nice little tip. And I'm getting into the motion of doing more of them. So um, from that, we have um, the GitHub page. No new products, no new parts were modeled this week because we're doing all the guides and videos. But uh, there are, we, we had a nice assortment of them last week. Um, the DC barrel jack, basically all the components in this week's project, all the models, you know, cables, plugs, and the, that's all going to be on GitHub very shortly. Um, I need to get that out there after the show. So that is the Laravel layer and the parts on GitHub. Cool, let's walk into Shop Talk. So for Shop Talk, I wanted to uh, sort of highlight this new product that we have in the shop. You probably have seen it. It is the Hollowing. We're out of stock because everybody bought one. We're making more of them and betting, uh, putting new firmware on it as well. So uh, this is the Feather uh, Halloween. It's more of a Feather and a, not a Halloween because it actually has the SAMD21 chip on it. It has built-in accelerometer, built-in NeoPixels, built-in capacitive touch, built-in amplifier, speaker, um, connectors. Um, man, this thing's got a lot going for it. This is really becoming like the, the prop wing or something. Like it's, it's the prop wing. So I don't want to just show it. I had to make a case for it, right? So I made a case for it. This is a, this is a case that came up for the hollowing. It follows this, the contour of the board. Um, it kind of closes this off here so you can still access your, uh, your, your cap touch stuff. Not much going on at the bottom, but uh, the top here, we have access to the USB port. And then I have these little, um, kind of these little horns that have little loops. So you can put these, uh, I forget what they're called. They're uh, like clasps, maybe, maybe not. As I get uh, manual focus, yeah. So this is printed in uh, gray, uh, Galaxy, no, uh, Vertigo gray from Filamentum. Uh, I have the on and off switch accessible kind of here. So you just kind of use your fingernail in there. Um, so inside here, I have a, a little battery. I have the 110 milliamp battery. So this, uh, this case keeps the the cabutron, <laughs> the, the the glass lens. Uh, it has a little bit of a of a flange, so it's able to hold in there pretty nice. This is interesting. It's a snap fit case, so I have one snap fit nub here, with this really extreme um, kind of chamfered uh, edges, and then this edge over here as well. Um, so a little bit of a gap there, because um, it's really tight in there. But as you can see, there's a um, there's the LED from the, the backlit display. Uh, you have a little bit of access there for the NeoPixel, but other than that, you don't have much access to anything else. Um, so that's what it looks like. So um, I will put it on GitHub shortly, I guess, after the show, because uh, right now I don't. But yeah, the way it works is you snap it like this. This snaps off like that. And it's a really tight fit because it follows the, uh, the contour of the board so precisely that there's literally 0.2 millimeter of clearance between the edge of the board and this thing. I'm having trouble here taking it out because 
the way the snap fits, um, they're really right up against the PCB. So I have to kind of flex it outwards mm. uh, to get it in there. But let's get a look at that thing snapping. So we can see kind of how it works. Like that. Wow. So that's pretty nice. Nice chamfered edges everywhere. And it's easy to get your finger in there and pop it out. But again, the, that PCB is what's in my way. Why is it so hard to do it now that I'm live? Of course, it's harder to do it. Struggle. <laughs> Why? It's too small. I don't think it wants to be taken apart. It's like, whoa, what are you doing? <laughs> well, once you put it together, you can never take it apart. How's that? <laughs> no, maybe, maybe it'll... I'll play with it a little bit more. Yeah, somebody was asking that this would make a great doorbell. Yeah, what is a doorbell? <laughs> the, yeah, the Purple People Eater Yeah, this is a Purple project. People Eater project we did a couple Halloweens ago. Yeah. And uh, it was the first kind of time that Philby made the code, right? It's like the year, the first year he made the oh, iCode. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I gotta make this into something. So I made it into a doorbell where you push the eye and it, it, it pushes a button. So yeah, Pedro has the guide there. I don't have the I guide. I just noticed the, the, the YouTube video was never added. The embed, yeah, it was never added. Is that why nobody ever saw it? <laughs> Maybe. Sometimes we forget. So yeah, if you type in purple, there's the guide. You literally touch his eye. Look at that gif. You touch his eye to, Hold to on. turn the Reload. Thing. Hey, there's a video. Oh, that was great. I also put a little <laughs> horn on him. John Park says it's a coffin for the Halloween. It's a coffin for Halloween. It mm -hmm. is. You can't get out buried alive. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the doorbell. Yeah. Uh, With wings. So hopefully it's in the. It's in. It gets in stock soon. We gotta make more of them. Where's yeah, the, somebody's saying. Uh, Thomas is saying that the two-week lead at DigiKey for the crickets. Oh, oh. sorry for the Halloweens. Right. Another thing about this is um, <clears throat> I had to take off the foam tape. Mm. So there's actually a piece of a thick yeah. piece of foam tape that uh, that's behind the screen. So the way I got rid of that is I, I, I dipped um, the spudger in alcohol, the tip of it. That way I can kind of loosen up the adhesive because it's very delicate, totally easy to break and damage the display. I don't recommend doing it unless you have another one or you've done it before. Um, but I needed to get it as flush as I could, the display as flush as I could to the PCB. So that's why I had to take off um, the thing. So if you have that and you try to put it in this case, uh, it might break. What a deadly case. Like it'll, it'll, this case <laughs> will kill you. Like, what's going on? Anyway. It's because you're on air. <laughs> Nothing works on air. Sure. If you guys want the 3D model of it, it's, it's up on GitHub too, I think, maybe. We brought it into Fusion. Anyway. Shop talk. <clears throat> We're going to jump into uh, community makes. This, is it time for this mask yet? It is. I'm going to show the time lapse here. So, uh, this week's community makes, we 3D printed this mask. It's uh, Immortal Immortan Joe from the uh, Mad Max movie. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a mask printed on Ultimaker 2 Plus with so PV, I wanted uh, to see TPU. if the Cheetah TPU from NinjaFlex would pr print with the 0.6 millimeter nozzle on this. This is cool. <clears throat> and I wanted to see like how well the overhangs were and it came out pretty good. So I decided to go ahead and try airbrushing after a year of not touching that <laughs> pretty sweet machine. Oh, that's funny. I was able to set up, 
and get some pretty fine detail out of all of the crevices and like the all the little detail that did come out on the layer lines. The layer lines almost adds like a bit of oh yeah kind of weathering to it a little bit. I think I printed it at what did it say? Point three millimeter layer height. The Morton Joe mask. Yeah, so if we go over to the the Thingiverse page, this is designed by Alex. Yeah, check out and his he has post a phenomenal, Yeah, he, he spent wow. a couple days uh, painting this. So. Yeah, if you read the description, he says that it is a couple layers of acrylic that he used to get yeah. Yeah, super cool post-process. Super cool look. work on the strap there. Yeah, some yeah. nice leather on there. Yeah, super sweet photos. He's ready for Halloween. Are you guys ready for Halloween? Yeah, he painted <clears> in black uh, ABS, I think. Yeah, I think the... Um, Two tips on this, print it at a, the highest uh, layer size that you can. So he printed it at 100 microns. I just printed this like at 0.2 or 0.3 just to get it out the door yep. super fast. This was all like one of those, uh, I was trying to do like, um, what's his name? Uh, like the one day builds that uh, Adam, oh, Adam Savage yeah. does. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, let one me just build. give me one Sweet. day to just <clears throat> put this together, see what I can do. Yeah, and that's, cool. that's what we got. Mm. So take a look at the details here. Oh, the second tip. Um, you. One of the remakes shows like a bunch of support material. Um, oh, right. You can actually just lay this flat. It is going to take a bit of finessing to get the rotations to work pretty good, but you can lay this flat on the on the uh, bed. You'll actually have to submerge it a little bit underneath mm, the bed. Yeah, that's a good tip. Yeah. So you can get this nice and flat, and then you won't need any support material material for that. Is it just perimeter, or is there some infill? Uh, there is some infill somewhere around here, but it's like ten or fifteen percent. Uh, triangular infill and then we're just using these uh, I forget the name of these uh, sort of the C um, <laughs> conduit conduits yeah, yeah for like wires like for computer yeah. like cables and stuff like that and those fit nicely into the also ninja flex um, or the tube things so these are uh, the black cheetah that, that we yeah. have in stock somehow I like that <laughs> Something. Have it like a third yeah. eye. Right there. And that's the cool about the uh, cool thing about the cheetah ninja flex stuff. Yeah, you can flexes. just flex. You can push that in like that. You can actually cut these. So I just use a regular <laughs> hole, uh, puncher. hole puncher to create these. This is great. Didn't yeah. want to add that in the geometry because you know there would be some retraction issues, especially around like these thin uh, outer edges. Right. That's a clean hole, man. You couldn't have printed a hole that clean. Yeah, just a regular. Hole puncher. So that's great. You can right cut it with in. scissors. You can sew to mm -hmm. it. If you that's to actually sew what I should have done up here, cutting it just to have like a little bit of breathing oh, right. on there. Mm. And then we're just using one of those lace um, like again, necklace this, things. Yeah, necklace uh, strap oh. holder. And it's it's TPU. This stuff's it's tough. You can run oh, it over yeah. the car. You can oh, try yeah. to tear this it. This is Yeah, you can cut it though. It's great. And those just push. In but like uh, yeah, the, the the thing is, you can totally spray paint Ninja Flex. Yeah, that was another uh, thing too, that you are able to airbrush right on top of uh, Ninja Flex. Yeah. And it does a good job, it doesn't just wipe away uh, after you've let it dry. You want to put it on now? Ah, you can put it on. Oh. I'm just better putting it on. This is just for you, Jim. Now he's going to wear it throughout the whole show. What is the, the thing they the say? <laughs> uh, witness me. Witness me. Well, he doesn't say it. The uh. What are they called? The Lost Boys? No. <laughs> the Wild Boys? Yeah, so super cool. Yeah, just add like some vent there for your nose. What do they say? Like, may the gasoline burn brightly <laughs> or something, I forget. Maybe watch the movie again. It's great. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite ones.
Yeah, so super easy Halloween. Uh, takes about six hours to print. Does it? Uh, with yeah. the 0.6 mil nozzle, yeah. and yeah. I don't know if you said, but this is a Cheetah Ninja Flex. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we do have this in stock in the store. This is printed on a Bowden machine. Like, printed on a Bowden, on did an Ultimaker. How did you... I just I can't wait for the settings. I can't wait for the, for the fail at the end. It's going to be the best. So you can see this printing oh, beautifully yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. It can. I think after the, fir the third try. This is the third try? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because, uh, you know, you had the retraction turned on and it mm -hmm. still worked really well. Again, it's Cheetah. Yeah. Cheetah's built differently than the Superflex. Anyway, we already showed the video, so check out um, the thing on Thingiverse. Shout out to Alex for showing that um, on Thingiverse. And here's the make that Pedro was talking about with the supports. You don't need supports if you orient it correctly. Oh, look, there's another one. Somebody just wow. posted this. That looks amazing. Whoa, look seen. at the detail on the teeth. Whoa. Oh, that is <laughs> super sick. There's a couple of. Wow. Hot 3D Pro saying, wow, any one of those. Wow. Oh yeah, that would be a cool mask to use while sanding, says Hawk 3D. Oh, that would be cool, kind of a good upgrade idea. your, uh, your yeah. existing mask and equipment. That's yeah, you don't cool. need to print it this way. But hey, if you got supports, why not do it? You're gonna post-process it anyway. Yeah, I mean, it'll take longer to True. add all the supports in there that you yeah. don't need. That's cool. Sweet, all right, well, there you go. Got some other things for you real quick. We're gonna run through them. We got 10 minutes left or so. Somebody remixed uh, this user here, Thingiverse user SB43201, remixed our last week's project, the Internet of Things Gmail box. He remixed the design to fit a Wemos D1 Mini and an SG90 Servo. So this is the sort of um, less expensive products. Not, fully, not as fully featured, but still pretty good. And um, the, he designed the, the case around it. Oh, he put a video up too. Sweet, I didn't see that. There it is running. Sweet. He also modified the uh, the horn, yeah, the flag, so that it like press fits into the horn. A little bit better design, I think. So nice job on that. You can see here it has like the outline. You did that once, didn't you? I didn't do that for this one. What's that? I should have did that. I just what? glued it. So instead of gluing it, he put an imprint there, like a recess. We do have it in the parts yeah, folder. Yeah, I, I didn't do that. And he put a bigger hole here for the SG90 because yeah. I used the the micro sub micro servo. Did he remix your uh, fusion file? Or? Yeah. He said, thank you for sharing the Fusion file, awesome. basically. Yeah, and uh, Adafruit.io is still using it. So yay. Awesome. And he's got a Fritz and Dinger. All right, well, that's, uh, that's that one. This last one here is another awesome make of Pedro's uh, Guardian Sword with NeoPixel LEDs from Zelda Breath of the Wild. It's a video game. Um, so this is uh, Thingiverse user uh, Elsie, I want to say, Elsie. She is cosplaying as a uh, Guero. Mm -hmm. Um, super awesome. cool yeah. uh, outfit to yeah, go along with super, the cool prop. Super gorgeous, yeah. Works, matches really well the coloring. Man, mm -hmm. that blade just plates up the picture. Yeah. Very cool. Nice elf ears. Good job. Like super it. nice. We saw it on, um, I think Instagram first. Mm, yeah, so yeah. She just now posted it. It's great. Yeah, so there's the sort of the build. Really nice. This makes it number, what number? Number 18. Wow. Make. Cool. Five remixes, so excellent. Hopefully uh, people get a kick out of the new sword, this year's Breath of the Wild sword. There's some other great projects on the show and tell, so you can check those out. There's a show and tell page that you can check out. And, um, if I can find it, where is it? I'll talk up to here, there we go. Show and tell, there it is, so some awesome Projects from the community. Wow, look at this. Cool. Looking at Andon's uh, display here. Yeah. He's doing some UI stuff. 
Got this nice Cherry MX hmm. um, custom PCB from the looks like from Construct. And just overall awesome stuff. Shout out to Brent who just released a really awesome home automation guide using Adafruit IO. This thing is stellar. So if you go to the Adafruit Learning System, check out all the awesome guides actually. Um, so really cool one here. And Dana Wall came up with an amazing so one. This awesome. is paper airplane launcher. <laughs> Super dope. You want to do some a light painting, John, uh, John Park sketch this cover, so cool. using the Halloween to create some really phenomenal mm -hmm. uh, works of art. So check that out. You can watch uh, John's stream as well from last week. Shows you how he put it together and walks it's through so kind cool. of the, the process of kind of setting up these photos too. So very, very awesome work. I believe the easiest way to get a uh, light painting stick. Yeah, super cool. You get I some nice that. stuff. He did some nice stuff with the playground, like it's using awesome. the playground to create these mm -hmm. um, kind of just jump in there. Some rainbows. That's so cool. Oh, look at that skull. That's so dope. <laughs> with it. Digi-key. John Park. You gotta do your own logo. Yeah. That's dope. So very, very cool pumpkins. That's so cool. Yeah. Go oh, man. Up. You gotta make them for Halloween, guys. Come on. It's all <laughs> fun. So cool. All right. And then um, this is really cool, too. Look at that. This is all done through the web. There's, there's no blue fruit going on here. It's all done through Wi-Fi, mm -hmm. or LTE rather, because it's in the cloud. So very cool way to kind of, um, he has uh, three different strips, I think, three different type of ways to light. So, uh, and then a temperature sensor as well. So Brent walks mm -hmm. you through all that stuff, setting it up, it's a Raspberry Pi based project. Um, very, very cool. All that and more on the Adafruit Learning Systems. Check it out. If you guys have some awesome projects you want to share with us, please do so. You can hit us up on any of the social channels. We'd love to share them on the blog and beyond. That's going to be it for this week's show. We'll be here next week. But for now, we have Shake It Off as the coupon code. Don't forget. Later tonight, we have Show and Tell. So if you want to stop by, let us know what you're working on. Maybe you've got some retro gear that you found that you want to share. Um, Wednesday, that's today, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Then immediately following that at 8 o'clock, we got a whole hour with Lamar and Phil. A lot of cool stuff going on at Adafruit. New Lots products. Cool new products. And of course, top secret stuff. And all the news. It's all fit. Different or something. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll be here next week. Good luck with all of your endeavors. And don't forget to make a great day. We're going to leave you with this week's... What was it called? Fail. Fail. Mm -hmm. This week's fail. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> it's squished. Double, double broken. This was the, uh, where it got tangled up in the spool. Yeah, so this was not actually the printer's fault. It was not. It was the spool's fault. And who spooled it? Fender drives. And who's Fender drives? They make Ninja Flux. Oh, my mic is still on. <laughs> yeah, it worked out though after the third time. Bye, everybody. See, See you tonight. How long did I record this for? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I gotta go. Bye.